Hey, welcome to Josh's Daily Brew. I'm your host, Josh. This podcast is dedicated to my obsession with the art of living by design. You can expect thoughts on books I've read, the esoteric world of health and fitness, some cryptocurrency dabble, and everything in between. Stoked you here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Okay. Angus, welcome to the show. Thanks, Josh. Nice to be see you, man. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. So um, I thought I'd start in a bit of a different place. I saw an Instagram post of yours recently uh, with you with your two feet in the ground uh, titled Earthing. And I think the title mm-hmm. was something along the lines of the last four years of your life have been the, the healthiest. Um, can you maybe speak to this and uh, what, what this means for you? Well, I mean, so the last four years of my life have definitely been the healthiest. Um, Earthing's just one of the things that's helped with that. Um, I discovered gymnastics in April. Um, the Stellamos Gymnastics facility actually moved onto the farm in the big shed. And so I did day, every day, did it with one of my young, my, our youngest child. And it was just amazing what that's done for, for for me physically and mentally, because you have to push yourself into whole new realms, things that I'm, I've never done gymnastics before. It's just mm. out of your comfort zone all the time. But the, 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 you know, eating us sort of, I've, I'm almost never eat carbs. Um, and, and you know, there's just, it's just, I'm very blessed to be in the position I'm in. And, and I, I, do, I do think an element and, and certainly that book that I was referring to in that, Instagram post was about the science of, of, you know, it's a very basic thing. Mm. The earth vibrates at a certain frequency or not even vibrates. It has a certain frequency. The second you put on a shoe or you're in a car or you sleep on the 17th floor of a building, you're away from that frequency. Mm. And it's, we, despite modern man's, um, you know, belief in technology and, or yeah, cell phones and you know we're so clever we are fundamentally beings of nature mm. and so it's very calming to be connecting with nature so one of the things that we started doing a few weeks ago at home or everyone in the family we've got um, earthing sheets directly directly under the sheet so and then that's plugged into the wall into the earth socket so you are being earthed all the time and everyone's certainly sleeping better nice awesome yeah it's a it's a very i certainly resonate with that very much and um there's just so many different things i want to talk about because especially with you not eating carbs i'm pretty much carnivore myself now um i do have a bit of a, a carb day on a saturday but i'm predominantly you know i've removed most carbs from my diet um, but before we get into that, I just wanted to just, just to give people a bit of context. Um, so you were a stockbroker, as far as I understand, at mm-hmm. uh, Goldman Sachs. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't really know the story, but like, what was the self-talk or the dialogue that you had deciding to not do that anymore and become a farmer? Is there a story behind that? Um, can you maybe walk us through what that was like for you? Mm. 
so Josh, it's it, it it's not a, a romantic um, Damascene conversion story. Mm. The 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 um, it's funny you talk about carbs actually, because up till probably when I was thirty, uh, so I'm forty seven now. Uh, I was very much. I bought the Kool Aid. Um, I was very much a product of 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 the the bubble that I was in, and 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 I guess today I'm a product of the bubble that I'm in now. I mean, I'm not suggesting we're not in our own bubbles, mm. but I was at a, I was at a posh private school in in KwaZulu Natal. I studied at Stellenbosch University. I had an honors degree there. I then ended up working at Goldman Sachs, and so so everything that we get taught in the in the English speaking Western world that. England won the world war and the environmentalism is, is a nice thing, but it's a fringe movement. Um, you know, Newton's the greatest person ever. All, all, all these sort of foundations on which capitalism is just, is, is the answer to everything. It's the best thing ever. Um, America's a democracy, whatever it is, you get taught a whole lot of things and 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 those messages are reinforced all the time but when i turned 30 someone said well why don't you just stop eating wheat i was like it's the first time i thought that you could because you know, up to then i believed that it didn't matter what you eat what you think what you say what you do um that there's a pill to fix everything and and unfortunately most of the world still lives in that paradigm, especially in the English-speaking world. They live in that paradigm, and 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 maybe in the Mandarin-speaking world, they also live in the paradigm. But it's a very strong; it's the dominant paradigm. Mm. And then, and then, and then, I I, I I stopped wheat, and I suddenly started feeling better. Now, I've never felt bad, but I started feeling better, and and so that it had the effect of two things. I guess that, that was the first crack in the edifice. That's the first time I realized that there might be something outside of this mm-hmm. very ha- happy space I was in. And that was that um, I suddenly realized how much wheat is in, I was taking in daily. It was in my breakfast cereal. It was in a little cake at lunch. It was maybe a, 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 a bun at, at you know, tea time and then something else and pasta at night. So I realized the ubiquity of wheat everywhere. I've subsequently now learned exactly how dangerous and bad wheat is and how it's farmed. But that was at the time. Then I realized that you can actually change things with your diet. Mm. So it's only years later that I developed an interest in farming, but I think that was the first crack in the thing. What basically happened was I was doing a thing called equity sales. So stock broking and Goldman's um, equities division had gone from, I can't remember, I think it was something like six and a half thousand people to three thousand or two and a half thousand or something like that over the time that I was there. I joined just just before the tech bubble burst. Yeah. And then my promotion opportunity was to go to Tokyo, do a thing called derivative sales. We had our, just had our second child and it was the realization that, that, that the golden handcuffs were being locked on that that and we then had an option to come back to south africa we had an option to build a house so we anguished over this for a long time and then and then bailed and ended up building a clay house i was going to build a concrete and steel place 
that's what Goldman guys do. Um, and, and that was another little thing further along the path was understanding environmental building. Mm. I then did that for quite a few years. I then started making wine. I then read Nicola Jolie's book on uh, biodynamic wine. So J-O-L-Y, Nicola Jolie's incredible man. And June of 2008, I finished reading Michael Pollan's book called The Omnivore's Dilemma. Yes. Is, uh, I don't know if you've read it or you're familiar with it. Yeah. It's about the world's food systems. And that was when I, 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 I put the book down. I said to my wife at the time, I'm going to farm like Joel Salatin. I'm going to be like Joel Salatin. And that's what we've been trying to do for just over 11 years now. Wow. So it, it's, not, it's not I'm leaving stockbroker to become a farmer. Yeah. It's not like that. Yeah. It seems like, I mean... I love that because there's a lot of truth in that. You know, we see these crazy stories, or whatever, but it seems like you've, you've shown how it was a simple thing with wheat that led to something that led to growth that just led to this continuous, continual growth mindset that you've now got, it seems like in, embedded inside of you. And you mentioned Joel Salatin, which is uh, going to be, was, which is going to be my next question. It seems like, just going through your content, I was doing some research and it seems like you've been influenced by two people of recent, which is Joel Salatin and Mark Munzer. Is that I, I don't know if that's how you say his name. Yep. Um, can you speak about these people and the role they've maybe played in your life? Yeah, I mean, so Salatin is, is, is um, he, he's, he's the Pope of regenerative agriculture. He's written extensively about it. He practices what he preaches. He speaks wonderfully. We are, he's, he's due to come South Africa mm. in January. I'm keeping my expectations super low because I think America is, is going to implode, explode, whichever way you want to think about it. There's huge problems coming in the States. Mm. And I don't think anyone's going to move there for the next few months. Be that as it may, it's going to be an incredible privilege to have him out. If he doesn't come this January will come next January. Um, yeah, we can talk at length about Salatin. What he's done in, in increasing the carbon content of his soil, which is something we, we, we need to touch on. Um, whether it's inspiring generations of people, his mentoring system, he's got a brilliant system of mentoring people. Um, Mark Mansa is a guy from, who's now actually living in the UK. And we've become very good friends he was instrumental in getting me to start my own butchery, which has been a, 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 a great thing for us to, to have done. Um, we did pork butchery for a long time. We've stopped that. We've outsourced that to guys who are, who are way better than we are. And they're making amazing product. The beef, we're still all doing ourselves. And that was, you know, Mark originally pushed me into beef. So Mansa established what was then the biggest grass-fed beef operation in South Africa. Mm. It subsequently disintegrated because he then moved down to the Cape and then he's moved to the UK. But um, I mean, I guess the common thread with, 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 with Mansa and Salatin is that they um, are always inquisitive and, and constantly wanting to improve and understand that life is a dynamic process. And, you know, we talked about these, these um, the unlearning basically that I've been going through since I've been sort of 30 I mean, I'm still learning every day, but mm. the, the, the unlearning is that the, the, the Western English 
Western mind is so fixed and so um, black and white, and this is how it is. Oh, this is the scientifically, you know, that's another thing that's often thrown at me, is that um, where's the scientific proof? You know, who is the greatest scientist of the last 100 years is arguably Richard Feynman. Mm. I don't know if you've ever read of any Feynman Surely stuff. Surely joking, Mr. Feynman, Feynman, yeah. Feynman, Feynman, Feynman's like, science is a constantly evolving thing. There's not just mm. fixed thing science. But the people who use science is like, this is, this is the ultimate truth. You know, everyone worships at the altar of science. But, but they're so naive because scientists are, 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 are prostitutes to their paymasters. Mm. 99% of scientists are. Yes, of course, you've got a few independent scientists, but fundamentally, a scientist will find what their funder wants them to find. Mm. It's a compromised position. It's a properly compromised position. Unless you have truly independent funded scientists, which is, I guess, where government should be playing its role, is, is, is you can't trust scientists. Yeah. Like you certainly can't trust journalists. <laughs> I back that, um, definitely. You know, that's another thing I've had to, that's another thing you've had to unlearn is, 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 is how, how corrupt most journalism is. Hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And um, sure, there's so many things I want to touch on, but they actually reminded me of, um, I read something and I think you posted it. I actually don't have it in my notes, but it just came to me now is that, South Africa is apparently the only country that doesn't stipulate what meat is. Is that, am I saying that right? What's the, okay. Eh? So, so, so it, 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 it changed during lockdown, but for, a, for, a, for okay. a full year before that, South Africa was the only country in the entire world that you did not have to define what you were putting into your into your ingredients so there was no definition of what meat was yeah wow the guys were selling guys were selling beef mints it says beef mints on the label but it's only 65 percent beef sure crazy well yeah i'm glad that's changed because that's definitely like you said and that i think oh, you no, said that it, it, it's changed it's it's changed but i mean the the the, the they still the 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 um there are big loopholes that you can yeah. can go. No, the, the the bottom line is this: that we do we've got all this fancy laws, the Consumer Protection Act, and it's this and it's this. But it's it's the actual application of the laws is is nonsense. Yes, yeah. People find ways, slippery ways of of selling you dodgy dodgy products. Eh? I but, guess. But hold on. In 1930 was the first Meat Act in South Africa. Okay. It was very simple, very straightforward. It was perfect. You don't need to change it. The yeah. problem is that every bureaucrat only feels significant when they've had a change in legislation and they're addicted to that. Mm. So every bloody bureaucrat, it's like a dog lifting its leg, wants to make its mark on, mm. on, the, on the thing. But, but, you know, what they should do is say, before we allow any law to be changed, Let's see what the implications of that are. Yeah. What, what, what are the implications going to be? I mean, yeah. I'm not referring to apartheid-style laws. I'm referring to laws that change food labeling, for example, you know, or, 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 or municipal water laws and, and those kind of things, mm. you know. 
fluoride in the water. For many years, many people have been saying fluoride is a poison, it's a problem, okay? The, the US EPA has finally admitted that it's a disaster. It's a health disaster. Now, which South African municipality is forced not to include fluoride anymore? Those are the kind of things that, that need to be changed and investigated. Mm. Yeah, and I guess it all comes down to uh, skin, skin in the game at the end of the day. I love... Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know, How do you motivate people? How do you even motiva motivate change? And lasting change. And, and I mean, it was Mark Twain was many years ago, maybe it's 100 or 200 years ago, it was something to the effect, I'm sure it was him, but it, anyway, the basic quote is, you're never going to get someone to change if their salary depends on them not changing. Mm, exactly. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a so tricky I, one. I'll tell, tell you what is, in my life has been a big, big, big change. It's been selling 85% of my egg business to my staff watching these guys go from employees to owners in mm. awesome that that was uh, going to be my next question i was going to shift gears there but um can you speak <laughs> no i promise you <laughs> it's amazing you're reading my mind yeah um can you speak about uh, that because that is the it's that backdrop of yours eh? it's that one that's backdrop of yours because <laughs> that is the concept of uh, i love this concept of skin in the game you know and um, i don't know if you've read nasim Taleb's book skin in the game but it's uh, such a good read and and what has this, what have you know, what is this, I mean, what has this done for, for you as a businessman and, and, and what has this done for them as, as people? I mean, how has it influenced, you know, their behavior or anything is it's. So, so, so everything is, everything about it has been positive, mm. except one of the reasons why I did it was to try and get more time for myself. Okay. That hasn't materialized yet. Okay, so I'm still driving hard and pushing and crazier than I was before almost. But that's actually also because we're, we've listed with checkers. We're about to do our first deliveries to wow. them. This awesome. is a new frontier. You know, it's only when big retail starts supporting regenerative agriculture that this becomes a mainstream thing. Mm. Um, the, 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 so so the, the, the positives are that the, the guys are walking with pride. And, 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 and they, they, they also know it's going to work out. One, because it's a registered, it's a recognized brand. Two, the systems are, are, are in place. Three, I'm involved, very much involved, because our vendor financed the deal. So it basically means that we didn't go to a bank. So the traditional BEE deals, um, the, the, the new company goes to a bank, borrows the money, buys out the old shareholder, and then it owes the bank all this money. Mm. We said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to come to me. I'm going to vendor finance it. So I okay. am the bank. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm the bank. It's, and, 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 and so I have to work extra hard to get my money out. Yeah. Because, because so you've also, I'm, exactly. I'm going to get paid. So yeah. that's skin in the game. Exactly. That's the ultimate skin in the game. Hmm. And unfortunately, the history of BEE farming deals in South Africa is that almost all of them have been a failure. For multiple reasons. The first and foremost reason is the government has no interest in training up people so they can mm. become managers of the business. That's just not what the government does. Okay. They are they are anti-poor. They are anti-development of people. Whether it's 
the education system that they've destroyed, whether it's wherever, across wherever government has its uh, claws in, it, it, people have not improved. They're not, mm. It's not in their DNA. It's, it's, just, it's just not in their thinking. And, 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 and we, can, we have to be honest about that. There's some great people in government, some really good people in government, but government as a whole is not about building the country up. It's not the goal. That's why we need a change of government. We need a revolution. Yeah. No, like a proper revolution. Yeah. Hopefully not it's a, a... It's a cultural revolution that we need. Yeah. Not, not a Mao one. Yeah. Not a Mao one. But, 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 a, but a cultural revolution that we need. Yeah. Civil servants need to realize they are civil servants. Servants of the civilians. And, and we need less of them. I reckon, I reckon half the civil servants just are, are not doing anything. Mm. They're just, they're just yeah. taking, and they're doing even less with COVID. COVID has been the greatest bonanza for your average civil servant, not the hardworking ones. But the average civil servant does nothing now, is doing extra nothing and being paid a salary to do it. Yeah, crazy. Um, and I mean, speaking of COVID, how, what are your thoughts on, I mean, I personally think we're not going to see the full effects until it's going to be this lagging thing. We're only going to see the full effects maybe a year from now and how it's going to affect the country, even though it's affected us now. But I mean, what, because you've got, you know, you are a farmer and you're in the trenches and you're doing business. I mean, what has been the effects for you and, and how have you maybe overcome it? Cause I said to my mom, my mom's a business owner. I said to her, you know, I think if you're still standing in a time like this, I think well done to you, my personal opinion. I think, yeah, you know, so I don't know what your thoughts are on, on how it's maybe affected you and what you, you think right, going Josh. forward. So, so, so Josh, you, we've got to distinguish between the different effects. There's social effects, there's financial mm. effects, ecological effects, uh, um, you know, globally, apart from Sweden, Taiwan, Vietnam, Belarus, um, I don't know who else, maybe it's those five countries. I'm not sure what's happened in South America, but there has been a complete, complete economic and uh, social pandemic in the face of a non-health pandemic. Mm. It's not a health pandemic. It's a good way of putting any it. Definition, in any definition of pandemic, this is not a health pandemic. Mm. What is going to become a health pandemic is the effect of lockdown. I don't know how many millions of women in the UK have not been scanned for breast cancer because they're not allowed to go to hospitals and things like that. Okay. It's, it's a, a depression. The, you know, the drug companies are delighted because everyone's depressed and they're going to just swallow more pills, mm -hmm. but mental health issues are off the charts. And as you, exactly as you say, we haven't even seen the beginning of it. Mm. So, so socially it's been super cool having the family at home. We've family units been amazing. The farm staff have been great. Um, they've at least all kept their jobs, although we did have to actually retrench seven people, but somehow we found a way to someone else to fund them temporarily. Um, cool. But our business is on its knees. We lost 60% of our clients, which is hotels and restaurants. Sure. And, 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 and last week's government announcement of not allowing tourism opening it up is, is, is the death knell of it. That's why I said yeah. to you, our government is anti its people. Mm. Tourism employs one and a half million people, brings 120 billion rand into the country. Sure. You would think, 
you would think that the logical thing to do is, guys, come. We welcome you with open arms. We've done the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's um, a uh, shame. I don't want to take up too much of your, more of your time, Angus. I really appreciate your time, but uh, it's That's very cool, interesting. Um, to end off, um, I just wanted to maybe find out, is there any sources you've been following that are interesting over the past few months or people or anything that maybe in four has informed you as a person uh, so, or businessman? So I, I, um, I, I've been informed. So as I said to you, the, the, the COVID effect, there's, there's the social, the financial, and we haven't talked about the ecological yet. What, what has been soothing and calming and inspirational in this time has been spending time in nature. Mm. And, and, and it really is the most wonderful thing for me, certainly to walk on the pastures, um, you know, I don't surf or anything, but I know people who get into the sea are much calmer, happier people. Um, just go and stand barefoot on the soil. If you live in Joburg and you're not close to the sea, then get on some bare earth. Just sit yeah. quietly and observe. It's amazing. So uh, the, the ecological side of things has got better and better. In fact, yesterday we just got our soil test back. We do three, every three years we do soil tests. We were the first farm in the world to be paid carbon credits. Wow. We've just requested 6,400 tons of CO2 over the last three-year period. It, an airplane to, to, to London and back from Cape Town pushes two tons of CO2 into the atmosphere. Sure. So on a little farm like ours, we can really reverse this damage. And that's been super encouraging. Mm. Um, so the tonic is, is being in nature and exercising. Lots and lots of exercise. Uh, I also took up a musical instrument for the first time when I turned 40, and that's been amazing to just continue learning the piano. The news sources, unfortunately, South African mainstream media, like overseas mainstream media, is just, there's no insight, there's no thought, there's nothing independent. They're all just spitting out the same thing, you know? And these are supposedly like intelligent people. Like they just cannot think for themselves. No one's asking why. Um, so there, 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 is, there is a, a, um, a, a website called Daily Friend in South Africa, which I find interesting. Um, what is me, me, for me, in the media, global media, been very surprising is how few people have come out in support of Julian Assange. I don't know if you've not been following what's going on in the UK. No, but this really. is a guy who built WikiLeaks. And, 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 and he built WikiLeaks. And then they exposed the, 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 the US Army just murdering civilians. And, and then they, the US have been hunting him. And they finally forced him out. And, and, the, and the British are now, it's a show trial. The British have put him through. And, and what, what media don't understand is that the Americans have basically said that journalism is espionage. You publish anything bad about America, no matter where you are in the world, we will find you and we'll treat you like we've treated Julian Assange. So the media are like, none of them are saying anything about it, but this is an existential threat to media. Mm. Anyway, so Daily Friend, I, I, I look at it, and then there's a whole lot of websites based in different places. I um, like a woman called Whitney Webb, 
Uh, Abby Martin's another one. Uh, Counterpunch, great website. Uh, a man called Thierry Mason, he publishes a thing called Voltaire Network. Um, very informative. Okay. Um, what else is there? And books, any recent books that you've been interested in that come to mind? I'm just not getting time to read. But, oh, okay. but, but uh, <laughs> I, I've enjoyed, very much enjoyed a book called The Call of the Reed Warbler by Charles Massey, who travels around the world finding regenerative agriculture, actually. Wow. Australia and Southern Africa. Again, most books can do with some editing. So Charles is a very, very bright guy, but he goes on and on and on a bit. You know, you could, mm. I, I prefer super intense dead stuff. Um, I've been reading some interesting books with my, our youngest child is 14. And so he and I trade reading books together. So we, what we did, Lord of the Rings again and Seabiscuit. It's a fantastic story about a racehorse in America. And we're currently reading Boys in the Boat. And so, yeah. So the and agricultural magazines, the best agricultural magazine is a thing out of America called Acres USA. Acres USA. Brilliant. Okay. Brilliant. So I read them. Oh, awesome. Yeah, well. Um, what do you do to keep to stay? What do you do to, keep, to stay informed? For me, I try and, so I'm actually in advertising. Um, I'm a copywriter, but I uh, try and stay away from any sort of media as much as I can. Um, I'm more of a podcast person. You know, I listen to Tim Ferriss and a bit of Joe Rogan here and there. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much my main outside source of media. And other than that, I just read a lot and um, big nonfiction fan. Yeah. But... Uh, but I do try, um, you know, yeah, like Ferris, I, Ferris, so I hear, I hear about Tim Ferriss and I've, I, I listened to a few of these things, but I mean, he's even got this huge following and, and even Rogan to an extent, I mean, how much have they questioned the madness of lockdown? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Joe, so for Joe Rogan, I mean, he has, he's made a bold as he moves to Texas. So he, was in California and California, apparently their rules for lockdown were a bit ridiculous. And he was contemplating moving out of California because you know what? I went to California three years ago for a conference and a lot of people in South Africa don't realize that that place is riddled with like homeless people. You know, they've got over 300,000 homeless people in the streets. It is mad. Everywhere you look, there's homeless people and it, it, it's, because they recently now in California, they recently passed a law, if I'm not mistaken, where they used to, if you had a homeless camp, the police could come and take you away and you had to get off the property. Now they passed a law where they're saying, no, that is their property, their rights. If you're in your tent, in your homeless tent, we can't remove you. So hmm. California's got a huge problem with homeless people. And um, so Joe Rogan, beside, but Joe Rogan moved to Texas. I mean, he's now in Austin, Texas, I think. So he has, he, he did say, he said that the lockdown rules, you know, because America, each state has so many different rules and laws and things like that. Um, so yeah, Tim Ferriss, on the other hand, um, he overreacted big time on Twitter and stuff about the pandemic, you know, rightly so. I think in the beginning, he was a bit scared maybe, but he went, he, he was posting saying everyone cancel events. This is going to be the biggest pandemic and things like that. And it turned out not to be, you know, so he, he's, he was, he went through a bit of a, a stage. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't take these, I don't take what these people say 
I actually recorded a podcast episode the, a few days back. I said the, the danger and beauty of Joe Rogan's voice because the beauty in Joe Rogan is that he, he showed me beautiful people like Sean Baker who showed me Carnivore and all these amazing people. But the danger with Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss is that it's the paradox of choice. If you listen to every single piece of advice that these people give and talk about, you mm. are going to get zero. Everything's just going to cancel out with one another. So it's at the end of the day, like you said, skin in the game. It's up to you to make a decision to find something that works for you and, and do it and stick to it. You know? Go and have a diversity of things, eh? It's the yeah. first law of nature, diversity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much, Angus. Uh, I really, really appreciate your time. And um, I just want to say thank you for all that you're doing. I really, uh, I wish you the best for the rest of the year. And um, I've been a long time supporter of your products and stuff. And I will link everything below your website and things like that. And yeah, thank you so much. All the best, eh? Thanks for listening. If you do have time, please would you go to Apple Podcasts wherever you're listening to this and subscribe. And if you'd like to keep up to date with my latest happenings and things like that, uh, visit my website, joshnayman.com and go subscribe to my newsletter, which goes out every Sunday. Thank you and I hope you have a lovely day.